And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. How many of you know that there are billions, literally billions of people around the world that are celebrating Easter today? Oh, we can't all come together in local churches, but you know what? Around the world, people are worshiping Jesus because he's the risen, resurrected king of the universe. In fact, Easter is the most celebrated event on earth. Believe it or not, it really is. And uh, did you know that we actually, we, 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 we use Jesus' birth and his life and his death and resurrection as a way of, of marking time, as a demarcation on our calendars. Think about this. Before Jesus was born, time is called B.C., before Christ. And after Christ was born, see, today is April the 12th, the year 2020, A.D. A.D. stands for Anno Domini, which is the, means the year of our Lord. In fact, every time you and I say, well, today is April 12, 2020, we're actually, we're, we're saying it's the year of our Lord because Jesus knows his way out of the grave. Now, this morning, I want to take you just a few minutes and share with you some of the reasons why we can celebrate the resurrection. Number one, we celebrate the resurrection because Jesus is a risen Savior. He is a living Redeemer. You know, in Job chapter 19, verse 25, Job actually said those words. He says, I know my Redeemer lives. Now think about Job's life for a minute. Job was blessed of God, and then he was attacked by the devil. Yes, he was. You can go back and read Job chapter 1 and Job chapter 2 sets the scene for all of this. He's literally attacked by the devil, and 10 of his children are killed by a tornado in one day. Not only that, but Job, who was a very, very prosperous man, Job lost everything that he had. Not only that, but he also lost his health. His wife was so distraught that she said, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? And Job says, no, I know that my Redeemer lives, and because he lives, I can begin to rebuild my life. Now, let's bring that home where we're living today in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic. Dear ones, some of you are discouraged. Some of you, this has been a very, very difficult time. You've never been through anything like this in your life. Let me encourage you, as, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you need to confess, I know my Redeemer lives. I know God's going to make a way where there doesn't appear to be a way because my Savior knows His way out of the grave. Some of you might be saying, but pastor, you know, things have been difficult for me financially. Well, let me share a scripture from you from Proverbs, the eighth chapter. Proverbs chapter eight, verse 12, which says, I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. That's the King James version. It says, I give you knowledge of witty inventions. Inventions. I like the way that reads, witty inventions. What does that mean? Let me tell you a story. There's a, a dear lady who was a single mom, and this lady was fair and on food stamps. 
And she had read Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, which says, And my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And she began to pray that, say, Lord, how do you want to supply my need? I know that it's your will for my needs to be met. How do you want to do that? And somebody shared with her this scripture from Proverbs chapter 8, verse 12. I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. And she said, Lord, I believe you've got some creative thoughts and some creative ways that you can speak to my heart and that I can see the promise of Philippians 419 met. And so she began to pray about it. And she had this thought came to her heart. Why don't you go down to the dollar store and buy $20 worth of merchandise and then put them online and sell them for at least twice to three times as much as you paid for them. You know, she did that and she sold everything the first day. So she took her, her earnings. She worshiped God with a tithe from it. And then she went back to the dollar store and she bought more stuff and she sold it online and she bought more stuff and she sold that online and she created a cottage industry. And today that dear lady is making over $40,000 a year. Now you say, well, that's not a lot of money. Well, it is if you've not been making anything. And I just want to suggest to you that God is no respecter of persons. What he does for one, he'll do for another. He will help you. He'll make a way where there doesn't appear to be a way because our God, as G.K. Chesterton said, and I love this, you, you say, who is G.K. Chesterton? He was a professor at Oxford and Chesterton was a contemporary of C.S. Lewis. And he once said, the difference between Christianity and other religions is the fact that our God knows his way out of the grave. Number two, because of the resurrection of Christ, you and I have a living hope. We have a living hope through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope. I want you to repeat those two words with me. A living hope. Say it again. A living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The writer of Romans, who was the Apostle Paul, and said in chapter 15, verse 13, that our God is the God of all hope. And in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, says that we have hope that serves as an anchor for our soul. Dr. Charles Spurgeon, who pastored in London for many years, Dr. Charles Spurgeon was one day visiting in the home of a, of a dear lady who lived in poverty and she was quite ill. And as Dr. Spurgeon spoke with her, he looked up on the wall of the house and he saw something that caught his eye. And he says, ma'am, he says, where did this come from? She says, oh, sir, she said, for 40 years, I served a very wealthy family right here in London. I was their housekeeper. And, and, and when I finished my employment with them, they presented this to me. And I have to confess, Dr. Spurgeon, I can't read, but I'd never had anything as beautiful given to me. So I had it framed. And for the last 10 years, it's hung on my wall. And Dr. Spurgeon looked at it closer and he says, ma'am, would you mind if I took this and had it looked at? And sure enough, it was just what he thought it was. It was a bequest. In other words, this couple whom she had worked for, 
just before she ended her time of employment, they had given her a bequest that included a new house and it included a retirement income. And for 10 years, she was living without that. She didn't know that she had it. And dear ones, I want to remind you today, you have a living hope. See, our Lord Jesus Christ knows his way out of the grave and we have a living hope. And it doesn't matter how dark it may seem. It doesn't matter how difficult the days may seem. You literally have a living hope and it's Christ in us, the Bible says, who is the hope of glory. Number three, because of the resurrection, we know that God is in control and nothing takes God by surprise. You know, things surprise me all the time, but they don't surprise God. There's a verse of scripture out of the book of Proverbs, chapter 16, verse 1. I want to read to you. This is out of the Good News Translation. It says, we may make our plans, but God has the last word. Think about that. You and I can make our plans, but God has the last word. See, the religious leaders of Jesus' day, they were scheming. They says, we got to get rid of this fellow Jesus. He's a nuisance. He's a bother. We've got to make it so that the Romans will crucify him. And so they began scheming, and they thought they had brought their schemes to pass on what we know as Good Friday. You say, why was it good? Because Jesus was crucified that day. It's good because through Jesus' crucifixion and through his resurrection came new life and comes good news. Well, the, the, the Jewish leaders thought, well, we're going to kill this one who some say is the Messiah. What they didn't know is that it was fitting into God's plans all along because several years earlier in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus was talking to the disciples and he says, he says, we're going to go to Jerusalem and he says, I'm going to suffer from the elders and the high priest and from the teachers of the law. I'm going to be put to death, but I'm going to rise again on the third day. So while the religious leaders of Jesus day thought they were bringing their plan to pass, did you know really it was fitting into God's much bigger plan? See, we make our plans, but God has the last word. He has the last say. And dear ones, I want you to please hear me. You and I, we reach emotional maturity when we realize that there are some things in this old world that are beyond our control. I'm going to say that again. You and I reach emotional maturity when we come to the understanding that there are many things in life that are beyond our control. Think about it for a minute. You didn't determine where you were born. You didn't determine who your parents were. You didn't determine what color hair you have. You didn't determine whether or not you've got straight hair or curly hair or maybe like me, no hair. You know, there are a lot of things you don't determine. See, there are things that are just simply out of our control. You can't change your past, can you? As much as you might want to, there's nothing you can do to change the past. You can't make time slow down. You can't make people love you. Oh, you can try. But that doesn't mean you're going to be successful in causing them to love you. you. You can't control what other people do. Now, I used to think I could do that until I had children. And then I realized, hey, it is really impossible to control another person. 
You and I can't control the economy. We can't control this virus. We can't make people, again, do what we want them to do. But when you try to control things that you cannot control, I'm going to tell you what it does. It creates stress in your life. And it creates distress in your life. Stress, again, is caused by trying to control things that are uncontrollable. Dear ones, listen to me. Worry is a form of control. We're trying to control. Some of you are worried sick about this coronavirus. Some of you are worried sick about the economy. You're worried sick about what's happening. I just want to remind you, our God knows his way out of the grave. When it looks like nothing's going to work, when it looks like there's no use to go forward, when it looks like there's no light at the end of the tunnel, I just remind you, our Lord Jesus Christ knows his way out of the grave, and he's looking for faith. In fact, Jesus asked the question, he says, when the Son of Man comes back, is he going to find faith on the earth? Without faith, it is impossible to please him. And God's looking for somebody to say, I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know how it's all going to come to pass, but I'm believing God's going to make a way for me where there doesn't appear to be a way. The Bible says no weapon formed against you can prosper. I even believe that a pandemic is a weapon. No weapon formed against you can prosper. But every tongue lifted against you, you shall show to be in the wrong. For this is your heritage and your righteousness is from God. Let me share with you one more One more reason that we rejoice in the resurrection, and it's simply this. Because of the resurrection, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. Because of the resurrection. You see, Paul wrote to the Ephesians. He said the Holy Spirit is our down payment on all eternity. He's our earnest money. He's the earnest of our inheritance. How do we know that Jesus died and rose again and ascended back to the right hand of the Father? Because a day of Pentecost came and Jesus sent the Holy Spirit from the Father's right hand. I want you to read with me. This is in in the Gospel of John, John chapter 16, verse 7. Listen to what Jesus said here about the Holy Spirit. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Okay? How do we know Jesus ascended back to the right hand of the Father? Because he sent the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, verse 15. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may be with you that he may may abide with you forever he's going to send you another helper that word another is the greek word alos and it means another in addition to me jesus is saying i'm going to send another one just like me who would do in my presence what i would do if i were physically present with you oh how wonderful the holy spirit is you know i saw a story on youtube yesterday. It was about a man in Ireland who had contracted COVID-19. In fact, he had a bad case of COVID-19. They were saying that he might not live. Here he is in the hospital. Nobody can get to him. Only the doctors and nurses can can even walk into his room. But he says he's laying there and he's thinking, I'm going to die soon. 
And he says, there was a custodian who could not enter his room, but was cleaning the hallway. And the custodian began to speak to him and said, you know, I am praying for you. And I'm praying that the Holy Spirit of God will heal you and that the Lord Jesus Christ will reveal himself to you. And then the custodian bowed his head and he prayed. He says, Lord God, I pray in Jesus' name for your Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit of God to heal this man where he lays in his hospital bed. Show him that you are real, Jesus. Amen. And then the man said the custodian went on his way. He didn't see him anymore. But that night he began to feel better. And the next morning he woke up feeling better. And the doctors and nurses, as they examined him, they said, this is amazing. You seem to be recovering from this virus. Well, our God is a healing God. Romans chapter 8, verse 11 says, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, now think about it. This is Easter Sunday morning. If the same spirit, Paul wrote to the Romans chapter 8, verse 11, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he shall quicken and give life to your mortal bodies. That literally means the Holy Spirit will touch you, that he brings healing, that he brings health, that he brings anointing, that he brings the presence of God into your life. And that's exactly what happened. The man said he began to feel so good that he began saying, well, Lord, you've healed me. What I'd really like to have is a, is a bottle of Coca-Cola, I'd like to have some, some crisps from the, from the convenience store, and I would like to have a couple of oranges. He said the next day, the custodian appeared at the doorway, and he laid a sack down at the door, and he said, I cannot come in, but I want to give you these. And inside that bag were two oranges, there was a bottle of Coke, and some crisps. And this man says, and you tell me there's not a God. Yes, there's a God. He's got the number of hairs on your head counted. He's concerned about what's going on in your life. You know, when I was a kid, I fell from a, the top of a ladder and I struck my head on a concrete floor. The doctors looked at my parents. The neurosurgeon said, I'm sorry, but your son will never recover. His brains are like scrambled eggs. He's going to forever be a human vegetable. My advice to you is to find a nursing home that will admit him and let him remain there in his comatose state, and he won't live very long. He'll soon die. But you know, my parents and other Christians begin to pray. They begin to believe God that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead would quicken touch my mortal body. And you know what? I was unconscious for three days. But on the third day, I regained consciousness. And the nurses and the doctors were amazed that I had perfect recall and that I seemed fairly normal. And most people think I am normal, except my wife. She's the one that thinks that my brains are probably like scrambled eggs sometime. You know, the healing power of Jesus is real. And it's because of the resurrection. I used to have a professor in graduate school named Dr. Roy Martin Harris. And Roy Martin Harris used to be a producer for the BBC. That's the British Broadcasting Corporation in London. He used to make films. And then he moved to Canada. He was living in Toronto. And he was working for the CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. And his wife became a believer in Jesus Christ. 
Christian television programs. And Roy Martin Harris said that he hated for those programs to come on because he was not a Christian. He didn't believe in Jesus Christ as God. He just he just didn't have any use for Christianity. And so he was walking through the same room where his wife was watching a Christian program. And just the week earlier, Roy Martin Harris had hurt his back. He had hurt his spine, and he was in a lot of pain. And as he walked slowly through the room, not intending to stay there and watch the program, he heard someone on that Christian program say, right now, God is healing someone's back. Roy Martin Harris said in that split second, a warmth came over his back. And he says, it started from the top of his back and went all the way to the bottom, all along his spine. And to his amazement, God healed his back. Well, dear ones, a person with an experience is never at a mercy, at the mercy of a person with an argument. There may be people that argue that, well, God doesn't move today. God's not real today. But I'm telling you, when you experience the manifest presence of Jesus, when you experience the healing power of God, when you experience the glory of God and the manifestation of his anointing, it will change your thinking. And that day, Dr. Martin Harris became a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I just want you to know our God is a healing God. And Jesus was wounded on the cross for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Just want you to bow your heads. That's it. Just right where you are, just bow your heads. I just believe God is going to heal you today. I believe some of you are suffering in your body. Some of you are, are, are suffering. Somebody, somebody, I believe, is suffering from ringing in the ears. And right now, God is healing your ears. Just, just test it out. Just, 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 just test it out right now. God is healing that ringing in the ear, in the ears. Hallelujah. Somebody, you suffered with headaches. It may be sinus headaches or hay fever related, but God is healing you of headaches today. Somebody else is suffering from despair, just like a spirit of heaviness is on you, just just, just despair, hopelessness. I rebuke that thing in the name of Jesus. I want you to say, despair, get out of my life. Come on, repeat it after me. Say, despair, get out of my life in Jesus' name. I believe that thing is lifting off you. I believe that somebody, you've had problems with your digestive system, and God is healing your digestive system. I believe there's somebody else. You've you, you've rolled your ankle. I don't know if you were playing sports or playing soccer or basketball or whatever, but you've rolled your ankle or ankle. You've you've, you've stretched ligaments. I just speak healing to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody has hurt your neck, and I speak healing to you. Somebody else, you've you've hurt your elbow. I speak healing to you. You say, what is this, Terrell? They're words of knowledge. A word of knowledge is a fact in the mind of God that he imparts to us, and it often accompanies the gifts of healings. I believe that God is healing you. I believe the Shekinah glory of God, I believe the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is quickening your mortal body right at this moment. And if that's the case, I want you 
I want you to, to, to get on Facebook Live on, and, and I want you to, in the comments section, I want you to say, hey, God has healed me. God has touched me. I sense the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You can do the same thing on YouTube. Hallelujah. Well, Brother Zach, come on over here and join us. Zach, how many people, how many people were watching the program uh, in the last couple of weeks? Oh, in the last few weeks, Pastor, we've had the privilege to uh, uh, reach over 3,600 people through both of our uh, platforms and 3, streaming. 3,600 yeah. viewers. That's yeah. quite a few. Yeah. Yes, sir. And yeah. that's not counting those because we, we also have a broadcast television program, which, which is broadcast locally on the Fox channels on Mondays and Wednesdays at 1130 a.m. So that's not counting our broadcast congregation. That's great. So yeah. 3,600. So what's happening today? So what I was looking at some of the, uh, the posts as people were writing in uh, some of our own church people say you know like matt says i miss you love you guys thank you for doing these online services i still feel connected to church at evangel so that that was really encouraging that's great and uh and a lot of people have said thank you for the easter kits i was able to uh uh drop them on my neighbor's door and just bless them and just it opened a door to share jesus and share the love of people uh love of jesus in their neighborhood they were really appreciative yes where where are people watching from so we've got the jones family from north carolina watching they say hi they send their best um uh the scandal mayo family from philadelphia are watching with us you know what uh Dr. Scandamayo told me this all four of his kids were watching from Philadelphia last week. That's and, and Brittany says hello. That she just put that in here. So that that's really that's really neat. Um, we have uh, even some of the gardeners watching in Wisconsin. Wow! And a, a lot of local, wow. a lot of our local people here are watching and tuning in to the service today. That's tremendous, yes, sir. That's tremendous. Anything else you want to report? So there's some prayer requests, or, or I'm sorry, praise reports that came in. You know, the last few weeks we've been praying for people in our church that thought they had COVID-19, but they report and they share with us, thank God, they're healed. There's no no COVID-19. They tested negative. So we just rejoice with them today. Thank God for that. I, I know one request that I saw, maybe it was from last week, where we were praying for somebody that was in the hospital, and they were discharged and doing really well. Doing well, too. Yes, yes, sir. They, they say that their strength is back. They feel good, and thank you for the prayers. Thank God for that. Yes, amen. Thank God for that. Let's just, let's just pray. Lord Jesus, we pray healing and health for everybody that's, that, that, that's a part of this congregation online and those that will be a part of the broadcast congregation. We speak healing and health from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet in Jesus mighty name amen and amen if you would take your communion take your communion and and uh we're getting ready to come to the table of the lord um i'm trying to open mine here got it open um thank god for his body which was broken for us I want to ask you a question, even as we're coming to the table of the Lord. If you died tonight, do you have the assurance in your own heart that you'd wake up in heaven? Do you know that you know that you know that you're a child of God? Don't, 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 it's not sufficient to say, well, I hope so, or I'd like to think so. Dear ones, the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And it took royal blood, it took God's own blood to pay the price for our sin. You see, in the Old Testament, they used the blood of bulls and goats, but that can never take away sin. That can only cover it for a period of time. 
But see, in the economy of God, he knew that his son Jesus would come and give his life for our sins. In fact, the Bible refers to Christ as the lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. It may be that you've known the Lord. It may be that you've walked with Jesus in years past, but, you know, something's happened. Maybe you've gone through a difficult time. Maybe people have betrayed you. Maybe you've been through a divorce. No, no telling what's happened. Maybe you've lost loved ones. I want you to know today's the day that you can recommit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I just want you, even as we're coming to the table of the Lord, I just want you to repeat these words after me. Say, Lord God, that's it. Repeat it loud, just where you ever you are, watching on your phone or on your computer or some other device. Say, Lord God, today, come on, repeat after me. Lord God, today, I trust your shed blood, the shed blood of Jesus, as the full payment for all of my sins. Jesus, come to live in my life Change me from the inside out. I make Jesus Christ my King and my Lord. And everyone says, Amen and Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he said, Take, eat this, all of it. Let's eat the bread together, okay? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your body. And afterwards, he took the cup. This cup is the new covenant, Jesus said, in my blood. The Apostle Paul says, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth our Lord's death until he comes. And we, when we show forth his death, we're also showing forth his resurrection. Let's drink together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. There's power in the blood of Jesus. There's healing in the blood of Jesus. There's deliverance in the blood of Jesus. There's hope and there's help and there's salvation in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're getting ready to have a couple of more wonderful songs. I know you're enjoying the ministry of this worship ensemble. Some have asked, why don't we see more of our choir, more of our band? Well, it's because we're very restricted. We're restricted. We can only bring 10 people into the building for one of these online services. And so I so much appreciate the great job that this team is doing for us. Let me say this. Today is Easter. In seven weeks, in seven weeks, we'll come to Pentecost Sunday. We've got some special messages planned for you, some special services. You'll want to be here every Sunday morning at 1030 Eastern Time because God wants to speak to you and you will be blessed. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7.00. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.